This conference will now be recorded. Morning, everyone. Hopefully, some more people will join us in the course of the next few minutes. Uh, my name is Tim. I'm an alcoholic. Could we please have a moment's silence? This workshop is for members of Al-Anon, Essanon, or other Anon fellowships or those interested in the subject matter. We will examine the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous as they can be practiced to solve the problems arising out of alcoholism or addiction in someone we're close to. We are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Our views are our own and do not reflect the position taken by any particular fellowship. This is not a substitute for membership of or attendance of a fellowship. We aim merely to share our experience. If that experience is beneficial, we are pleased. Each week, the chair will present for 15 minutes or so. Oh, no, this is the script for another day. I'm just going to talk and then other people are going to talk and then we'll stop. OK, that's the format. Um, uh, I'm going to post some links during the meeting and uh, there are extensive handouts for today because there's a lot of material. Um, uh, those are available on the blog. And what I'm going to do is. Uh, Therefore, talk in a general way to start us off about um, this <laughs> third half of step 12, if I dare refer to it as that. Um, so just to recap where we are. Um, on page 45 of the big book, it says the purpose of this book is to help you find a higher power which will help solve your problem. And it's so interesting to me that it says problem in the singular, not problem in the plural. And I don't know about you, but it feels like in my life, I've had more than one problem. And what the book is therefore telling me is, no, you haven't got lots of problems. You've got one problem, uh, which is your relationship with God. You've been trying to run things on your own. You've to, been trying to act like it's your life, but there's no God or God just God helps you get your stuff done. Or there's no God or something like that. So this, the program is to enable me to form the right relationship or, or, or live in that correct relationship. And the first 11 steps, I believe, are the preparation for that. And step 12 is the doing of it. So you've got three elements of step 12. You've got having had a spiritual awakening where you wake up and realize that you've been wrong about most things your whole life, which is embarrassing, um, but helpful. <laughs> and then you help other people wake up, which has helped them realize they've been wrong about most things most of the time. Uh, and then you get on with some useful things, which is the, the third part of step 12. Um, and although the entry point can be very different, for different people in, into the 12 steps. The image that was given to me is one of tributaries of a river. So there are these little streams which gradually join together and you end up with one great big river, the Volga, say. Um, once the water's in, in the Volga, you can't tell which of the many tributaries it came from. And so people come to recovery for all sorts of different reasons. Um, but the, once you're in the program, 
the program's the program. I mean, there are, you know, there are details which differ. If you're, if you're in OA, you might need a food plan. If you're in GA, you probably won't need a food plan <laughs> unless you also need to be in OA. So there's some detail there. Um, I think the, the big area where there's a gap between the two fellowships is in AA, we need to learn how to help people. Um, and uh, in Al-Anon and Essanon, uh, certainly in Al-Anon, I speak for myself, I've had to learn when not to help people. You know, I was once I got the hang of helping people, I started helping people in all sorts of ways, which did not help. As Anne Lamott says, don't get your help all over people. <laughs> um, so there are some there are some differences there, but then there are differences within AA too. So th th this uh, step 12, um, I think is very similar for me across all my problems because it's the answer to the one problem. Uh, and that answer is outlined in, in step three. So we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. So um, step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, the result, uh, there may be other results, but the real result we're interested in is the spiritual awakening. How do you know you've had one? You kind of feel light and as though, although stuff matters, it doesn't matter nearly as much as it used to. And that's a good test. If everything still matters at top volume, then there might be some more work to do. Um, we try to carry this message to other people and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And there are several elements there. So the first one is what, what are these principles? Um, unfortunately, it doesn't make, make it very explicit in the big book. Um, it doesn't say here, here are the principles um, that we're going to practice in step 12. It, as often happens, when it doesn't explain something, you have to take the most obvious meaning. Just like with unmanageability is not explained in the big book, you have to look in the 12 and 12 for the explanation of what unmanageability is. Um, so the most common reading of that I come across, um, what are these principles? It's the principles of the 12 steps. So you take the 12 steps and you apply them in every single area. Uh, now, since that was written in 1939, a couple of things happened. Uh, I think it was at the end of the 40s, maybe 1949, AA adopted the 12 traditions. Uh, which were based on the cumulative experience of the groups to date, the ones who had survived. They asked them, how did you, how did you survive? How did you not collapse? And, and so the traditions are really based on what worked and what didn't work in terms of keeping groups together and relating to the outside world. Those are the two uh, features of the traditions. Uh, how groups work inside themselves and how AA relates to the rest of the world, public relations. Uh, that set of principles came along in 1949. And there's a further set of principles in the 12 concepts for service. Now, I don't want to get too much into those, but uh, let's just explain why they're there. In the group, 
um, God is supposed to be in charge. How does that work? Each person is supposed to be listening to the inner voice of the higher power communicating with them. They voice that and through discussion, vote and substantial unanimity, the group comes to some kind of conclusion about what it wants to do. Now, when you've got that principle applied at the level of the fellowship as a whole, you've got a bit of a problem because you've got hundreds of thousands of groups. How are you going to make decisions? How are you going to get stuff done? How do you choose who gets stuff done on behalf of the whole fellowship? So public relations, communications between groups, publishing new literature, um, um, peopling the phone lines, all of those things. How on earth do you do it? And the concepts are a set of principles governing how to do that. Um, I heard someone say about the steps. What are the steps? The steps are how it works. There we go. How it, the program works, how it works, the steps. The traditions are why it works, uh, why we don't all fall apart. And the concepts are how we work when we want to get something done together, how we do it without having to inflict bodily injury on each other, either as a motivational tool or as punishment. So you've got actually three sets of principles there. You've got the 12 steps, you've got the 12 traditions, and you've got the 12 concepts. And uh, the, the ordinary venue for the 12 steps is the group. The ordinary venue for the 12 concepts is service within the fellowship. But I found there are an awful lot of principles in there which are super useful in every single area of my life. So when it says in step 12, we try to practice these principles in all our affairs. Uh, it's all, all of those principles. And so that's a big conversation. <laughs> You can't you can't pack. Uh, you could take one of those principles, um, for instance, trusting our trusted servants in uh, concept three. You could take that and talk about that for an hour. And that's just one tiny principle in one of the concepts, which is one of this package of 36. <laughs> so it really gives us a set of principles to cover every imaginable situation which unfortunately means there's no get out. If you sign up to step 12, well, you're signing up to a lot really. Um, a few more points. Uh, we tried to practice these principles. Um, that means that we're gonna make mistakes. And my friend Tom uh, says, uh, uh, don't worry about making, don't, don't worry about decisions. Don't worry about getting things wrong. The worst thing that can happen is that it can be a terrible mistake. And if it is a terrible mistake, you admit it promptly and you don't whine about it or justify yourself. You just admit it and say, right, what are we going to do next? And uh, the process of applying, learning to apply the these 36 sets of principles in my life has been a matter of trial and error. And I used to be embarrassed about that. I used to think that I ought to have got it made somewhere around one or two years and then everything stays put. You sponsor everyone the same way the whole time. You work with colleagues the same way the whole time. But actually, it's needed to evolve and evolve and evolve. And that's a, an ongoing thing. You'd think it would stop at some point, but it doesn't. The learning does not seem to stop. In fact, it picks up 
pace, I found, as you go on further. As the responsibilities increase, it picks up pace. What works at one, what works at five years is not necessarily what works at 10 years. Now the principles are the same, but you know how we do that can change. Try to practice these principles in all, all our affairs. Uh, I'd like a couple to make a couple of points about that. Um, first of all, this means I can't compartmentalize. And well, I say I can't, I can, I shouldn't. Uh, I've tried to keep God out of certain areas, um, certain exciting relationships certain exciting things to do when no one is looking and to think well you know the other 99 percent of my life is fine so if i mess around here then it's fine you know i've got i've got credit of 99 to offset this against uh, unfortunately uh, there's only there's only one me if you contaminate a glass of water with just a couple of drops of cyanide you won't want to drink any of the water uh, so step 12, in principle, I'm yielding everything up. I'm not keeping any corner of my life um, to be untouched by the higher power. And there's a, a couple of good principles. I think it's in the 12 and 12. I don't have these quotations handy, but it says something like, although you may not be willing to give up a particular character defect now, you don't say never, that the dangerous thing is to say never. I shall never give this up. Um, and I think that's right. It's it's uh, when I get into justifying bad behavior or compulsive behavior, I think that I, I have more compulsive behavior than I have bad behavior these days. Uh, it's the justification which traps me in it and stops God from coming in. Um, one of my affairs. Uh, there's almost a misnomer here. Um, my affairs, they're not. If I've turned them over to God, uh, they're in a sense not mine anymore. Uh, my problem, my problem has always been to to, to have ownership of it. Um, if I feel ownership of my job, when I get criticised for something I've done in my job, I'm going to feel it personally. That's how I can tell I've got ownership, rather than just taking feedback or criticism as neutral information to process, um, I get personally upset, I start to justify myself, I get criticism, I get, I start to condemn the person that's given me the feedback or the criticism or to ridicule them or to mock them, at least in my head. The problem is the my. So when it says my affairs, these are all of the areas of my life, these are all of the domains of my life which I've given to the higher power in step three, and where tasks get delegated back to me in step 12. And uh, just I'm going to give one good example of this, or I think it's a good example, and then hand it over to other people to speak uh, at more length than usual. Um, I've got some some, some uh, contractors coming in tomorrow, and I don't I don't like contractors being in my home. Um, it's a small flat, so if something goes wrong in one part of the flat, it kind of affects everything. So I've just been dreading it. And I was thinking this morning, my affair is not 
um, the whole project for what the contractors are going to do. Uh, my job, my affair is simply when they knock on the door, I let them in. And when they finished, I close the door behind them and then I write a check. That's literally all I have to do. I don't have to be in charge of the whole thing. I just have to. Can you open the door, Tim? Yes, I can. Open. Good. That's it. Wear a mask. And that that's it. Um, so my affairs is not my ownership of all of those things. It's my individual contribution to those. And even those things which the world thinks are, um, are within my hula hoop. So where I. You know, my flat and, and my relationships and my work life and my AA life and my whatever else. Um, secretly, I've got to always remember that these belong to God. I'm just given a few tasks to do as an intelligent agent. And that is it. And then I keep the sense of lightness. Um, uh, I'm going to stop. Now. Thanks for listening. Uh, Osho, would you like to come in next? Hi, everyone. I'm Osha. I'm an alcoholic, a food addict, and a member of Al-Anon. Sorry, I forgot which meeting we were in. I apologize. Okay. I'm a member of Al-Anon. Um, thanks so much, Tim. Um, I, I just loved all of the handouts that Tim prepared on step 12. I highly, highly, highly recommend them. I'm still making my way through all of them, um, and we'll probably do so more than once. So, um, When thinking about this idea of practicing these principles in all our affairs, um, my experience is that I just work the program and it happens. Um, and so the simplicity of just doing the next right thing, you know, um, studying the steps, studying the traditions, studying the, the uh, concepts, working with a sponsor, um, um, having a group conscience, you know, people that I consult when I need to make a decision if I'm having any issues or I want to run something by someone, doing service, um, using all the tools of the program that we're taught to use in the beginning, still use them daily. Um, and, and the reason, and, and looking at this, I, I look at it and I go, so, so like kind of how did that happen? And, and how it happened for me is um, when I came to program, I knew how to live in escape mode, right? And I had all kinds of different things that I used in order to escape. Um, in the non-escape mode, I used criticism of other people to escape, right? Paying attention to their flaws took me away from whatever it is that I was um, uh, deluded that I was going through. Um, I, I, some of, some of my non escape mode was being a victim. Um, uh, lots of blaming of other people and blaming of God and, um, and, and various other ways that I escaped. And I really never learned how to cope with life or deal with life. And here you guys taught me how to do that. And so, um, I, 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 learned in program how to do things that and I and I practiced doing them in recovery so that I could then go ahead and do them outside. And so, for example, my relationship with my sponsor worked in that way. I, 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 I like to call it a laboratory. You know, I tried things out with my sponsor, things like um, I'm not sure that our conversation yesterday was really, 
you know, um, on target? Is that possible? You know, and, and learning how to ask questions rather than what is wrong with you, right? Like, and, and so um, various types of interacting with people and using higher power to, to, to um, know, learn about my intuition and um, working through the steps yet again to deepen uh, as was shared. Um, all of these are things that I was then able to take and be able to apply them outside of recovery in, in all my affairs. Um, recovery has taught me everything that I know about being the person that I am today. Um, and, and, that, and that comes in, in so many different factors. Um, <clears throat> there's been so many changes in my relation uh, toward my family. Um, and, and I'm just absolutely amazed in, in how that works. Um, and, and I ne couldn't necessarily tell you, I mean, other than again, just working through the steps and running things up by my sponsor and having a group conscience, um, um, having a sane and sound ideal that I, that I was able to write at the end of step eight, um, making amends to my family, living in the amends to my family, um, and, and, and my family today includes my parents, uh, my brothers and my sisters-in-law, my nieces and nephews, my children, um, and people who I consider my family who are not necessarily biological family. And just, just learning as I, again, it, it wasn't a goal that I set, right? It was just something that happened by working the program. Um, <clears throat> Um, another piece of, you know, this idea of you guys taught me everything that I know about the, the person that I am today and, and how to be the person that I am today is walking through all kinds of life stuff, whether positive or negative. Again, there's a, there's a judgment there and so on. But whatever happens in life, right, uh, successes as well as um, mistakes, as well as unexpected stuff, as well as unexpected positive stuff. <laughs> I mean, whatever it is, once again, I used to live in escape mode. And today, being able to walk through it and enjoy being the person that I am while I walk through it, um, being able to have developed compassion for myself and for other people, being able to learn how to be loving toward myself and others, to be able to be forgiving, which is not a word that I had um, about two and a half years ago before I did the steps again through the big book. Using all the tools of the program as much as possible. Um, forgetting to use the tools and then getting the reminder of, oh, there's a tool there that I have that I could use. And uh, doing that through the 11-step review. Um, one of the things that, uh, it came up in, in Tim's uh, uh, handout for today is um, not arguing. Um, I find not arguing to be an art <laughs> that I have yet to master all the time. Um, I'm certainly working uh, at it. And I, and again, I work at it not by this is a goal that I have and, you know, what's the next um, um, uh you know, way that I myself could, but rather the way that you guys taught me to, to do it, using a seven step and asking higher power to remove the arguing. Most of the arguing today, thank God, is in my head. 
um, and still comes out of me at times, in which case there there's an eight, steps eight and nine to look at and see if I owe amends and if I do to make the amends. Um, there's a step 10 to look at when I find myself arguing with someone in my head or arguing with God in my head or arguing with a situation in my head. Um, that there's a step 11, uh, step 11 review at the end of the day to take a look at it as well. Um, uh, one of the other things that came up in the handout that spoke to me is about counting our blessings when we have a resentment. It's a, it's a quote from the big book. And um, certainly, you guys taught me what it is to be gra grateful. I had no idea when I walked in here. Um, I don't know if I've shared this story already before, so I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but my my first sponsor took me through the steps initially, told me to make a gratitude list, and I sat there holding the pen, white-knuckling the pen, going, I'm effing grateful for the stupid bird on my window who's singing a stupid song. <laughs> and that was, you know... My first gratitude list, and and that was the first many many gratitude lists. So fine, I'll do this stupid thing. Um, and and I had to look up what gratitude was. I had no idea, and I have a master's degree. It's just not something that I grew up with. Um, it's it, you know in an alcoholic home. Um, it's not something that I had any knowledge of doing. And um, and today uh, I can feel gratitude and I've learned to feel it through you guys talking about it in meetings and teaching me what it what it sounds like, what it smells like, what it tastes like, what it what it what it what uh, what it um, uh, what it looks like, what it feels like. And um, and um, and I can use it as a tool today, um, what I like to call a running gratitude list, um, just something that I keep on in my head in order to keep my thoughts connected to higher power when I find myself drifting off into, for example, the arguing that I talked about before or any other thing that um, um, is trying to persuade me that I'm separate from, from higher power. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Emma, would you like to uh, share? Hi, I'm Emma, a grateful member of Essendon. Um, I really like this. I really like the handouts. They are awesome. Um, I'm going to repeat what Asha said, that if you if you get a chance, you should absolutely read through them. There is tons in it. I have not finished it all yet, um, but there is amazing stuff there. When I got to this part of step 12, my sponsor told me to work through the last three chapters and literally pull out do's and don'ts. So like, you know, like do's like meet on common ground, be tolerant, be understanding, be loving. And then the don'ts, don't wrap them in cotton wool. You know, literally taking things from the big book and putting them on paper so that I could physically have something that I can refer back to that is clear to me. And like that don't argue one, that really resonates with me too. Don't focus on, on terrible periods, focus on the good. All these kind of things were huge. And one of the things that I've also was told that if I look at the steps and I bring it into this principles, if I take each step, for example, step one, it's honesty, really, you know, look truthfully at the things I'm powerless over and how my lack of honesty in my life made my life unmanageable. Like, look at the underlying principles of these steps. You know, step two is the hope that I can believe that God could and would if sought. I find these things so comforting. Step three is really was summed up for me as faith, which is 
the leap of faith that when I stopped and turned my life over to God, which really to me was like climbing a ladder, you know, the gap in the ladder, there's always, there's an abyss, there's a, there's a gap. And to get to the next rung, you have to pass that gap. And I found that going over to the next rung of the ladder, that was a, that was something for me. And that was step three. I took a leap of faith to really put, put recovery in my life and turn my will and my life over to the care of God for that courage. You know, the fourth step is all about courage. It's the courage to look at my life objectively, to to overcome any of my fears, to become fearless. I never really understood what that meant, but it's not that I'm not got fear. It's that I take that fear and I do it anyway. Take, doing that fourth step for me was fearless because I had to do something that was really, again, like that leap of faith, um, step five for me was integrity. This is this ties in with courage, you know, to be true to myself um, with God's will and take courage, take the courage that and in, uh, to be integral, to have integrity, to keep safely on God's path for me. Step six was willingness. I was taught. And this is about doing things. Willingness isn't a theory. It's about having it in your head, but taking the action. It's about actually doing these principles. You know, don't just think I can't argue. What actions can I take? What do I have to do? How do I bring God's will into my life? Um, step seven was humility for me, it was summed up by humility. When I really wanted God's help, God brings it to me. I heard uh, often here in the rooms in Essanon, you know, he's a gentleman. We have to invite him in. And um, not always, I, I didn't always invite him in. And this was me accepting of who I am in this moment. And that is my desire to try and do God's will. And maybe I won't get it right. Step eight, I was taught was all about love, um, which is really a bit hard at the beginning to love all those around me, to see each person as a God spark, to see the truth and the compassion in, in God's world. They're all really part of one whole, that we're all together in this and when I see somebody is separate for me really I'm separating myself step nine was all about discipline I was taught uh, staying true to God's will for me doing what God wants for me even when I don't want to and even really there's days I really don't want to um, step 10 is perseverance trying to do it you know day in day out um, I'm willing to try to live this day only, and I can do something today, I love this, for 12 hours that would pull me if I felt I had to do it and keep it up for the rest of my life. You know, as it says, it's just the most beautiful thing, just doing it for today. Step 11 was spiritual awakening or spiritual awareness. To me, this is living with God in my life. God will look after me and care for me, and it requires work. I have to actually spend time with him to have a relationship. I always thought this would just magically come, some magic wand, and I would have some conscious contact of, I don't know, I'd be levitating off the ground or something. It'd be so cool. But I actually have to work on it. I have to spend time with him. I have to chat to him and talk to him and make him part of my life. And the 12th step is all about service. It's not just about doing things. It's about attraction, not promotion. It's about being the person God would have me be in this moment. And really, for me, practicing all these principles, using the principles behind each step, taking into my life, doing the do's and don'ts, as I call them, you know, these long lists of what I should and shouldn't do, um, trying to be who God would have me be. And, you know, if I try to do that, and like it was said, and I make a mistake, so I've made a mistake, and that's the joy of these steps. 
I get to eight and nine. I get to see where I'm going wrong. Okay, so I'm human today. I made a mistake, but tomorrow, this next minute, I can start again. That's step 11, awakening. Whenever I have a problem in my day, I sometimes go back to that. It's not whenever, it's pretty much mostly when I argue, for example, I will go back to that awakening and I will start my day again in step 11. I will take that, I will meditate, I will try to be the person God will have me be. And uh, really, truly, this whole thing is a gift. I am so grateful to be here, so grateful to have these principles and one day at a time. Um, yeah, that's all I'm asked for. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Uh, Ellie Sheva, are you there on a phone line? Maybe not. Uh, um, uh, Devoyery, are you there? Yeah. Hi, okay. I'm Devoyery. Um, grateful member of SNN. Um, thank you for all your shares. I found them very inspiring. Um, for me, these principles, practicing these principles in all my affairs, is I find that they. I think this was shared, they come up, the more I work with steps, the more the steps are part of my life, as in doing the step work, doing service, sponsoring, thinking about the steps, meditating with the steps, reading the big book, they become part of me in all my affairs because my life becomes about my affairs when I'm focused on the step work. I think before I started working with steps, my life had very little to do with my affairs and mostly to do with everyone else's affairs and um, I had no idea what was mine and what wasn't and I had I didn't really have any principles that I lived by I was just I don't think I was really living a life I was not living definitely not my own and through working the steps is where I can start to see what's mine what's my affair what actually has to do with me and what's going on for me which was a really really new one i had no idea what was going on for me till now i knew what was being done to me but i had no idea what was going on for me and once i came to that place that i could see myself see my affairs and start connecting to my higher power then these principles became something i could live by because I could start to acknowledge them and see them, what was going on for me, what I was living by, where I wanted to go. And the main thing is a step three, just deciding if I want to try and run the world, which didn't work, or if I want to let God run the world and be of maximum service to God and others. And with that decision, which sometimes has to be made all the time and it's not about just working the steps i do this every morning i think about my plans for the day um ask god to direct my thinking and then i ask god to please take my plans for the day and do them as he wants to do with them and say god you can manage my day today and i can have all that intention in the morning and i think i still take back my plans as the day goes on and that's where these principles come in it's about that perseverance about that stopping and saying this is going on for me and I can make a new decision of how I want to live my life and and see where I want to be if I want to be with ego if I want to be with higher power if I want to be with higher power I have these principles and I have that um I had um something really nice in the meeting about restarting my day I 
was tended to be, and I still am to some extent, a very much all or nothing type of person. If I messed up, I am messed up. And if this isn't 100% perfect, it's absolutely worthless and there's no point trying. And if I'm not doing this or I can't, then I can't do this and I might as well never do this. So that sort of perfectionism and that sort of, it's a kind of arrogance really of, I have to be absolutely amazing and wonderful or I won't even try. Um, it's not what this program is about. It's a program where, yeah, I will make mistakes. It's about doing my best. It's about thinking what's God's will for me. And if I don't have that flash of inspiration, I've got to, sometimes I just need to act and see what happens. I'll know if it's God's will for me after that or if not directly after that, when I do a step 11 and I sit with it, I'll know how I acted. And if I still don't, I can call my sponsor and discuss the situation and say I'm a little bit uneasy about what happened. And if I make a mistake, that's okay. It's just about a learning process and that's what it says in step 11, that we we eventually find our ground with this. And um, this being okay to say I messed up, I made a mistake and carry on that form of that sort of principle is something that I can take to myself and to take it to myself, I take it to others because I have so, so much judgment on other people. I'm much seeing that they've, how they're living their lives is what is going wrong in mine and to start seeing that everyone is part of God, we're all a perfect spirit. We're all sick in different ways and it doesn't really matter what anyone else does. It's just about my affairs that's also part of these principles. And I can restart, I can restart and just Say, I've made a mistake. God, please, can you help me? Can you direct my thinking? Can you come in my day? Um, and go from there. And that idea that I have a higher power who is okay with me, even if I make mistakes, is a very, very new concept for me. And it's still something that I'm trying to live by and trying to accept. And I can start to see that. And I can start to feel that for myself. I'm grateful to be to be starting to see these principles, to, be, to know them, to believe them and to try and live with them and that I have this program that helps me relearn them and practice them and work harder at them that they can make progress towards perfection. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Uh, uh, Ellie Shava, are you with us now? Hi, I'm here. Hi, I'm Ellie Shava member of SNN and Al-Anon. Uh, when I think about practicing these principles in all of our affairs, I ask myself, why wouldn't I? If working the steps worked wonders in one area of my life, why it would be insane not to practice them in every other area. So when we were in step five, we spoke about adopting a new attitude. My old attitude was that God is here to serve me. I didn't realize that this was my attitude. And had you asked me, I would have denied it. But when I started observing the way I speak to God, I realized that I make demands on God, and then when he doesn't fill them, I call him a punishing God. And the new attitude I adapted here is that I'm here to serve God, and that I was created in order to serve him. And clearly it's not just in some areas, but in all areas of my life. So when I started going to the gym, I was taking a Zumba class, and the regulars would come early, and they'd fill up the first two rows, and the newcomers were left to go to the back. And I thought this was really, really unfair. I thought a few spots in the first two rows should be for newcomers so they can see the instructor and learn the steps of the dances. And so I started coming early to try to get a spot in the front. And then I literally had to deal with the wrath of the women who usually stood in those places. And they thought that the spot that they usually stood in was 
actually their spot. And I would spend the class arguing with them in my head. And I wasn't enjoying the class because I was blaming it on these women that I'm not enjoying the class because they're so um, territorial. And I shared this with someone and they asked me why I'm going to the gym. And I said, I'm going to work out. And they suggested that I go early and take a spot in the back and let God show me why I'm why he's sending me to the gym. And I had resistance to this because I I was right and I thought the old timers should move. But this attitude wasn't working well for me. So I started going a bit early and taking a spot in the back, even though there were all these other spots in front of me that were empty. I felt really absurd in the beginning. And what I realized that is that I had been so absorbed with myself and what I wanted that I didn't notice that a lot of newcomers would come one or two times and then they'd never come back. And so I started talking to them before and after the class. And I, start, I found myself using program slogans. I, I was telling them to keep coming back and it works if you work it. And I started sharing tips with them that I found helpful to remember the dance steps. And over time, I built really nice friendships with the women in the back of the room. And after a while, I realized that I'm not arguing with anyone in my head and that I'm really enjoying the classes a lot more. And what I learned here is that when I'm serving my own self-interest, I'm fighting and I'm not at peace. And when I'm being of service to God and to others, then I'm living on a higher plane of existence. And what's going on on the physical plane doesn't affect me as much. And there's this level of satisfaction that's just not there when I'm serving myself. And another area um, that something like this happened was a few months ago, I was going through something that I found difficult and I hadn't shared it with any of my neighbors because I didn't want to have to deal with their reactions. And I felt like I had a secret. So I called someone and this person suggested that I ask God to show me who I can share with that would benefit from hearing what I was going through. And this was a new idea for me because I had always shared in order that I can get relief. I never thought of sharing in order to be helpful to another person. Um, I, I had these two names that kept on coming up to me that I should be sharing with them even before I had made this phone call, but I kept on pushing it down because I didn't want to share with them. So after this conversation, I decided I was going to share with them. One neighbor I had met right afterwards outside, so I didn't have to call her. And I shared with her what I was going through, and she told me she was going through the exact same thing, and she hadn't told anyone, and she was so relieved to have someone to talk to about it. And the second person that I had called what had gone through the same thing with a um, had gone through the same thing in the past, and I asked her what helped her get through it. She's a really, really quiet woman, and she living in the neighborhood for a long time, but chooses not to be friendly with anyone. And so in the beginning, there were all these pauses in the conversation. But then as we continued talking, she started opening up and talking more and more. And she shared with me her story and she shared with me what helped her get through it. And, and she made an effort to keep in touch with me, which was really quite startling for me. And it was also clear to me that she benefited from me sharing the story with her. And so what, what I'm finding in program is that if I have the willingness to practice these principles in all my affairs, and I listen to the people that God sends into my life. He shows me through these people how I can practice these principles in all my affairs. And my affairs are coming, becoming more and more pleasant to live through. I'll leave it there. Thank you. Uh, Risey, are you there? Hi, it's Risey. Um, thank you all for your shares. It's really, really um, inspiring and a good way to start the day. Um, for me, I think I might just repeat some of the things I've been said about these principles and, and doing step 12. Um, for me, these principles are, the, are my way of life, are, they're adapting this 
um, these things in, in 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 all the actions that I do um, in my daily life and relationships. So for me, also I went through the the big book and highlighted the things to uh, made the columns of things to do and not do. Um, and and it's it's quite powerful sometimes when I um, when I just go back to read it and something jumps up up at me like don't criticize, don't argue, or constantly remind myself that I'm not running a show and these things when I just breathe in and take the time to pause and, and to keep these principles in my head, they will literally get me through the day. It's like just repeating it sometimes, like just don't judge others or um, let go, let let them say what they want to say without 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 stepping in. And um, it's again for me going also back to the steps, to step three, surrendering to God, um, asking God for direction constantly, not leaving anything in the in the corner, like Tim said before, um, without my higher power and um, taking that, being accountable for my actions, um, just not 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 leaving it. And then, you know, something sometimes can I think, okay, these will just will just pass on its own. And mostly it doesn't. Mostly it keeps coming back that obsession or that or that judgment or that resentment. And I need to if I need to work and I need to do it that straight away. Um, either share it or can always call my sponsor to run it through or um, do the actions of the program and for me it's a willingness to be aware of the willingness and and the action it goes together so for me like I can't just say I'm, I'm tired but not go to bed earlier um, it, has, it has to be the actions of this program the tools the, the doing something doing something not just not just sitting there and say okay I'm aware that I'm angry or um, it's, it's for me it's practicing these principles um, and and um, I also like um, what Tim said. Don't say never. So for me, it um, it can it doesn't have to be today. It's a process. It doesn't have to have, have to happen now. Everything that yes, I have these character defects. I can try and turn them over and pray to turn them over to, to my higher power. Um, it might just not be gone now. Um, and you know, with time and and doing more of these steps, and suddenly I can realize that I'm not doing the same thing again. Um, and it's not putting my leg in, and it's all about just it's about being being there. Um, what really God wants from me in the moment, being flexible, and um, for me a big one was the relax, don't struggle, um, because I can I find myself some being so hard on myself and 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 taking things so differently when I just sit for a minute, just relax. It's all good. It's okay. Um, and when I'm in that place that I can, you know, take things or connect it to my higher power, then I can be there for others to give over what I've been given, to be kind, to be loving, to be there without judgment and um, and do what needs to be done. Um, yeah, I'll leave it there. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. Uh, Suki, would you like to share? Or Rich, would you like to share? Oh, hi, everyone. I'm Rich, uh, alcoholic and uh, anon. Um, yeah, it's becoming increasingly obvious to me as I've worked this workshop and worked through the program, uh, how cornered I've been. Um, you know, I just didn't, uh, I, 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 I didn't understand the, um, um, 
my innocence and, and, the, and the innocence of others. Um, and I really didn't understand the 12-step step program. Um, I didn't understand it was contributing back into the world. I thought it was all about me. I thought it was about me being better. I thought it was about me feeling better. I thought it was about my progression. And, um, and I think really, in fairness, it's a, quite an easy mistake to make without um, you know, good sponsorship, without good support. And, um, you know, I know today it's, um, you know, how I progress is in the, is in the hands of the, the higher power. It's a, it's a program of action. And, um, and again, I was taking lots of actions, but they were all self-centered. It wasn't about other people. Uh, I was practicing lots of principles in, in, in my affairs, but those principles were about my own progression. They weren't really about the, the progression of others. And, uh, you know, I started to see how um, my, um, my Al-Anon um, really concerned me um, with everybody else's affairs and not with my own affairs. And, um, and I didn't know the difference of that. You know, I kind of was very confused in my, in my childhood and, and, and slowly, you know, with the program, I'm starting to make sense of that. It's starting to fall into place. And, um, and ironically, I can see now it's falling into place by, um, you know, the things I do for other people. I learned so much from working with other people, you know, step 12. I've learned so much about myself and other people. And I think the biggest thing I've learned is compassion. You know, I wasn't a very compassionate person um, when, when I came here. And, um, and seeing my own journey, seeing my own struggles, seeing my own powerlessness, seeing my own innocence, um, I've really started to, um, you know, have compassion uh, for, for, for other people. It's a program of action, not a program of intellect. And, and um, I had all the, uh, uh, the intellect um, I had all the ingredients, but no cake. You know, I just uh, would reread the instructions, but never put the flat pack together. And um, I was concerned with me. And it's, uh, you know, funny thing. You can be in recovery for a long time and hold your breath, and and, and that's exactly what I did. And um, so, yeah, it's just very grateful for um, for sponsorship here and for this workshop and um, for the people that've been involved with it. It's been a really good. Uh, it's been really Thank you. We've got a few minutes left, so uh, feel free. Anyone else who wants to share, then uh, feel free to just come in and share. I could share. Hi, I'm Basha. Um, I'm an Anon. Um, I was, I've been, I just have like a thought. I wanted to share it that I was. There's this like concept in AA of how much, like how long I spent going after the booze. That's how long I should, like, that's how much time a day I should spend working on my program. And someone recently told me, like, replace when you read the big book, replace alcohol with criticism. So I was just thinking about this, like replacing alcohol with criticism in this concept, like how much time I spent criticizing, that's how much time um, I should be putting into my program. And then I was like, how much time did I spend criticizing? All the time. 
every moment of every day I spent criticizing myself and others. Um, and I was thinking about this this morning because I was taking a walk and I was really upset about making program calls. I was really feeling very bad for myself that I had to make my program calls. Um, and um, and I was telling myself, I have to spend so much time on my program. I have to make calls. I have to go to meetings. It's so annoying. Um, why can't, you know, like, yeah, poor me. Um, and this popped into my head. As much time as I spent criticizing, I should be spending working at my program. And I spent, like I said, every moment of every day criticizing. So. I prefer it this way, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, I pass. Thank you. Uh, anyone else would like to share? Uh... I just wanted to uh, introduce myself. I've been here for the last few weeks, a member of the Sunday evening Israel Alumni meeting. Um, just thank you, Tim, and everyone else for your wonderful shares and the great workshop and a lot out of it. Extra motive in my program. Um, step 12. Um, you know, it's a continual thing. I'd say for me, one of the great revelations of the program was trying to be in else's business because I felt confident in dealing with my own business. Um, just something every day uh, thing for me to grow in. Um, so quite happy to be here and learning new tools. And hearing a nice strong recovery, which is very inspiring. So, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're coming up towards the hour now. Uh, next week, we're going to well, we're going to be back every week, but the format is changing. So, a number of people who've uh, kindly volunteered, and if there are more volunteers, that's fine. Um, uh, have volunteered to bring a big book topic and an associated Essanon or Alanon reading. So we're going to have a way of bringing the two together, something which works with both programs, an idea which is found in, in, in on both sides of the fence. And then just to bring a, that topic for 15 minutes or so, talk about that for 15 minutes, that's going to be recorded. And then the rest of the session will be just ordinary sharing, like in an ordinary meeting. Um, the flyer I posted earlier, um, that can be forwarded. You can forward that link to other people. Um, and uh, what I'd suggest as well with the topics is uh, if you've got an idea for something you'd like to hear more about, now, feel free to contact me or any of the other organisers with, you know, if you find a passage from the Essanon literature or the Alanon literature you really like, we'll do our best to find a big book passage which matches that and complements that. Can I just check? Can people hear me generally? OK, so sorry, Tracy, I think it's it might be your device. Um, so if, if you've got any ideas and and also if you have a big book topic i'm sure the team between us can find a passage from the alanon literature or the essanon literature which matches that as well so if you want to hear about something let us know 
we'll sort it out. So we'll be back next Sunday uh, at 10 o'clock UK time. Pass the word, as uh, Jim W says, tell your friends and tell your enemies. Or as we're learning to say now, your opponents, not your enemies. Uh, anyway, uh, that's all, all from, from me. Um, would you please care to unmute and join me in the serenity prayer? Uh, God, Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye for now.